This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Uh, welcome. It is uh, Wednesday, 31 January, Year of Our Lord, 2024. I want to go to Lou Murray. Uh, Lou, um, you wrote an amazing piece uh, for the Boston Herald Day, one of my favorite papers, one of the best tabloids in the country, about every town's a border town, every city's a border uh, city, or every town's a border town, every state's a border state. Tell us what's happening in Boston, how, how the good uh, progressives up there are finding out about what an open border means. Well, they're getting a they're getting a heavy dose of it, Steve. You know, uh, the uh, Secretary of Invasion is really doing a number on the state of Massachusetts. In July, we had 43 filled hotels and motels in uh, different cities and towns, and uh, right now we have over 100 cities and towns, somewhere between 100 and 160 hotels and motels that are filled with migrants. We have um, we have so many migrants that are being forced into the Massachusetts welfare system that they're housing them, and you're showing the picture right now, housing them on the floor of Logan Airport. And, um, you know, it's just like in Chicago, when the, when the city and the suburban people, you know, land from their vacations and are confronted with the reality of the third world hellhole that Mayorkas is dumping into our laps, um, they aren't. They aren't happy, and it's causing uh, major problems for the governor, Governor Healy. She's a pro democratic progressive, in the uh, fulfilling the third term of uh, the Republican progressive Charlie Bay, and um, she's playing hide the migrant. So she's moving the migrants from um, the airport and dumping them into Roxbury, which is a major African American neighborhood in Boston and taking away the recreation center for uh, the children of um, Melnia Cass neighborhood, the Melnia Cass uh, recreation. Hang, hang on. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang, whoa, hang on, hang on. You're telling me they're going into minority neighborhoods and they're taking away the recreation we have in the minority community and turning them over to the illegal alien invaders? Yep, taking away their, their gymnasium, their track space. The Herald has a beautiful editorial today. I, um, that runs on the opposite page of my editorial, uh, you know, saying, give them, give Roxbury back its recreation center. And uh, you should, you're, I think your viewers would, uh, would enjoy taking a look at today's uh, Herald. We'll pull the, are they, are they, but hang on, are they, are, is the black community up there waking up to the fact that the progressives want the open borders is to replace them? It's very they want cheaper labor. They, they, do they, do they understand? Is there awakening now in the, in the black community about exactly what the progressive left? And Healy's a perfect example because she's one of the worst in the country about what they're doing to destroy the Hispanic American citizens in this country and the and the African American citizens in this country. So tyranny learns from tyranny, and they saw what happened in Chicago. So instead of holding a public meeting 
they announced this was going to happen uh, on Friday night, uh, sometime after five o'clock, and then they held they held a Zoom meeting uh, for the neighborhood. Uh, I think on Tuesday night, um, sorry, Monday night, and they announced the Zoom meeting to get public um, interest. Uh, I think uh, about an hour before it happened, and uh, people were were upset. They said, you know, that that's our place. It's a place where we go where we bring our kids, where they feel at home, with our own programs, with our own coaches, why should we have to go into the suburbs to look for this kind of a facility because migrants are taking it over? And I predict that the governor will continue this game of hide the migrants and move them on to another neighborhood. Is overall, is the political atmosphere up there changing as they see what's happening with Massive debt that's now blowing back through a lack of purchasing power of the dollar, inflation, uh, that they see that the open borders is leading to a, a dramatic change of life. Because Massachusetts is, you know, they call the People's Republic of Massachusetts for a reason. Do you believe they're starting to awaken or is this as the people just so far gone, this is just a waste of time? You know, I think the people, it's not that the people are so far gone, it's that the people are so beaten down that they don't even want to take part in the process. And, um, you know, we have a, a lackluster GOP um, that we've tried to enliven with uh, America First principles. When they run on America First principles, like a recent Senate win, and uh, like when we, we, the first election for Scott Brown, we win. When they run as, you know, we're going to cut your taxes, uh, GOP, but we're also in favor of uh, transgender uh, lessons for your child. They lose. So um, I, I think they're stuck in the losing loop in myself. But I do think more and more people are becoming informed about, uh, you know, that uh, when you have 7,500 families and we can't even get the number of individuals, but we're only getting a number of families uh, for migrants out of the state. And we, have, we know there's over 1,800 hotel rooms not to mention these overflow shelters, uh, I think people are people are fed up. Um, you know, Massachusetts uh, is different from many other states because back in 1983, they uh, passed a law called the Right to Shelter. And what this law was really about was embarrassing Ronald Reagan to say, oh, we've, we've got more homeless than ever, and we're going to pass a Right to Shelter law. And now the progressives are having that law, you know, crammed right down their throats because the ACLU and uh, other law firms for the uh, migrants are saying, hey, we're here and we want a hotel room. We want a uh, apartment. We want uh, a place to stay and we want transportation for our kids to the best school. Uh, before I leave you, you're one of the most devout you're one of the most devout Catholics I know. Uh, talk to me about talk to me about the participation of Catholic charities in in this complete debacle on the southern border. I know you're going to be talking about that tomorrow with Liz Yor, and I'm so glad you are. Um, you know, our our catechism is very clear that governments have a right to set juridical rules around their border for the good order of society. The purpose of immigration 
in the catechism, and it's one of the best places in the Western world for it to be explained, is that the immigrant should find accord and harmony with the culture that they come to live in. And, you know, that's not happening, as we can see with the Hamas protests all over the United States and the blocking of roadways. And I think it's I think we need to take the warnings of Thomas Aquinas when he says, uh, you know, to follow ancient Israel and don't allow people to become full citizens until they're maybe the first, second, the second or third generation to stay in your country. Because like ancient Israel, you couldn't find out who was going to do you danger until you had observed them for a period of time. And I think it's a very wise counsel. Amen. And um, Amen. hey, thank you, Liana. I want to mention one Luke. quick thing. Tomorrow, I know yep. you're not a big Twitter guy, but you can find me on Twitter uh, at Lewis L. Murray Jr. One. I'm also on Getter at LL Murray, like LL Cool J. And uh, we're going to be having Todd Benzman up in Boston in the next uh, couple of months speaking. And I'm, I'm wow. hoping you'll, uh, you'll, you'll tell people about that on War Room because um, I know we'll have people we from all over. And um, tomorrow night on Twitter, Roy Beck of Numbers USA and Denise Long, who's an African-American activist and a friend of mine, are yeah, hosting a space on um, the election and immigration and African-Americans. Uh, anybody can attend. Perfect. Um, it's going to be. We'll, we'll, gonna... we'll, we'll stream that up. We'll stream that up on our, our Getter account. Lou, one more time. What's your social media? How do people get to you? How do people get to your show? First of all, you can look on the bostonherald.com. They've got all my old columns, a lot of them about immigration, about, uh, you know, the big push right now with progressives. They want to get them here. They get these migrants here. And now they want to let them vote in local elections to ruin our um, voting rolls. So you can take a look at a column I did about a month ago about that. But that's bostonherald.com. But my social media is at Lewis L. Murray Jr. one on Twitter and LL Murray on Getter. Thanks a yeah, lot, Steve. Just like Yellow Cool J. Uh, Lou, Mary, uh, Lou Murray, thank you. Great voice. I uh, look forward to uh, having Liz on here tomorrow about Catholic Charities. Thank you, brother. Yeah, it'll be great. Before we get Ben, you know, earlier today, uh, Speaker Johnson spoke. First time he's done it since he's Speaker. Let's go ahead and I want to play some of this. Their number. And we know that there are at least 1.8 million gotaways that we know have escaped uh, CBP. Who knows what dangerous plans those gotaways are making and, and, and what foreign adversaries they may be speaking with. Understand the situation at our border presents a clear and present danger to our national security and it demands that it be addressed. Even officials within the executive branch are saying so. FBI Director Christopher Wray told the Homeland Security Committee just in November that these gotaways are a great concern for the agency and that all 56 of our joint terrorism task forces are trying to identify who these people are. While we don't know how many terrorists are inside our borders, it's an unknowable number. We do know that fentanyl is pouring into our communities like an open sewer. Right now, the leading cause of death, the leading cause of death in America, for Americans age 18 to 46, is fentanyl poisoning. And fentanyl seizures have increased two and a half times since President Biden took office. That's just the seizures. The rest of it flows right in. But even as some of it is seized, we know much more is making its way into our schools and our neighborhoods and virtually every community in America.
Just a quick snapshot of my state in New Orleans. In my home state, 95% of the drug overdoses in New Orleans are caused by fentanyl. 95%. We see that this poison is ripping families apart. Victoria McCulley from Baton Rouge was only 29 years old when she lost her life to fentanyl. She was buried by her parents, leaving behind her brother and her sister and her young son. Alex Stenson is another victim. Like Victoria, he was from Baton Rouge. And sadly, also like Victoria, he died from fentanyl poisoning before his 30th birthday, leaving behind a heartbroken mom and dad and sister. Near Slidell, Louisiana, just last week, a precious two-year-old child was found dead in her home with fentanyl in her system. Moms and dads, brothers and grandmothers, all of us are losing loved ones to a drug that is being smuggled across the border in droves. It's a parent's worst nightmare, of course, burying a child. And sadly, because of our open border, more and more parents are having to experience that unspeakable tragedy. That leads the American people to ask a very important question. And it is one that we've been asking on this side of the aisle for a long, long time. Where in the world is Secretary Mayorkas on all of this? He is the Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security. It's his responsibility to prevent these harmful drugs from flowing into our country and to secure that border. And he's done nothing of the sort. As we've heard from Border Patrol agents, he's doing exactly the opposite. He's, he's handicapping law enforcement. He's limiting their ability to catch narcotics like fentanyl. He's making it virtually impossible. They say in their own words, and they told us down on the border at Eagle Pass, it's impossible to do the job that they were trained to do. Perhaps the secretary is busy identifying more people on, on the list that he can release on parole. Because just since fiscal year 2022, Secretary Mayorkas has released, released into the country more than 1.5 million aliens, just sent them out into the country on what they call parole. Remember, the Immigration and Nationality Act states very clearly that parole should only be used on a case-by-case -case basis and a temporary basis. But millions of illegals right now are being granted parole and spending many years in the United States before they're ever even expected to appear before a judge. Some of them are given a, a piece of paper that says, we'll see you in a decade. It's absurd. This mass parole is neither temporary nor selective. It is a clear violation of federal law, and it is dangerous, and it is subversive, and it's intentional. And to make matters worse, we've learned that the Biden administration is now simply, just simply releasing 85% of the illegals who come across that border right into the country. They're coming to a neighborhood near you. For reference, by the way, if you're watching the metrics, in 2013, the Obama administration, listen to this, the Obama administration detained 82% of illegal aliens. How do we go from detaining 82% to releasing 85%? It only happens if this is by design. It only happens if it's an orchestrated, intentional effort by the administration to do exactly that. And that is what the evidence shows. John Adams famously said, facts are stubborn things. And these are the facts, and you can't look away. This is only part of why Chairman Green and the House Homeland Security Committee marked up articles of impeachment last night. They wrapped that up at about 1.15 this morning. And they did very important work for our country, and we will be moving forward swiftly on those articles. It's long overdue. But Secretary Mayorkas is only part of the problem, because earlier this month, I, I released a memo documenting 64, 64 specific actions 
that the Biden administration has taken to undermine our border security and to promote the mass release of illegals and dangerous persons into our country. 64 times, and here's just a, a couple of the many alarming actions, and this is all public, everybody can go see this. The day he took office, the very first day that he walked into the Oval Office, President Biden revoked Executive Order 9844. You know what that did? It ended construction of the border wall that Congress had already paid for. Everybody's seen the images on TV, the materials out there rotting in the sun and the, and the, the elements. Why? Because Joe Biden decided unilaterally he didn't want a wall. In February 2021, the, the administration stopped applying Title 42 expulsions to children and incentivized by doing that, incentivized families to send unaccompanied children through Mexico under the watch of who? Cartels and traffickers. Since then, the administration has lost track. They admit to this number, they admit that they've lost track of more than 80,000 unaccompanied children somewhere in the U.S. Well, we were down there at Eagle Pass, at the Del Rio sector. We went through one of these processing centers. And, and what we saw down there was heartbreaking. It was infuriating. But you see these small children. They're unaccompanied minors. Some of them, of course, aren't even, uh, they can't even speak the language, obviously. They have interpreters there. But they, they don't even know who they are. I mean, these are young children. They don't know what their full names are, where they hail from, who their parents are. And, and they sit them there, and they ask questions, some preliminary questions. And if the children don't know it, you know what they do? Literally, they take a sticker, and they put it on the chest of the little child that says Jane Doe or John Doe. What happens to them after that? Well, we, they, Border Patrol says, gosh, we don't know. Our job is just to process them here. Well, they're released, presumably, into the hands of NGOs, non-governmental organizations, who are being refunded, by the way, by American taxpayers, who do something with the children, and then they just disappear. Well, we know 80,000 of them are missing. We don't know where they are. Have they been put into trafficking rings? We can only guess. We, we know that some of these kids are being trafficked for free labor and, and being forced to do things that are too appalling for us to articulate on this floor. Everybody here knows that's happening. Everybody here knows that's happening. And we're not demanding the president stop it. He can. He has the power to do it. it I'll continue. In October 2021, the Biden administration revoked the migrant protection protocols that had been instituted under President Trump. That's the, the, the policy that we all know uh, colloquially is remain in Mexico, right? The remain in Mexico policy kept asylum seekers in a safe haven third country while they were seeking asylum in the United States. You know why that works so magically well? Because it sent a message around the world that you shouldn't pay your life savings to a cartel to traffic you through Mexico, Mexico and drop you over the U.S. border because you're not going to be dropped over the U.S. border. Hey, save your time and treasure and trouble. Don't take that dangerous journey because the word goes out on social media to countries all around the world, they're not going to let you in. Man, is that the most common sense rule you've ever thought of? The president doesn't agree. President Biden doesn't agree. Because he stopped it. He issued an executive order to stop that common sense rule. A senior Border Patrol officer told us on that trip to Eagle Pass that if the Biden administration, if President Biden, by the stroke of a pen, would issue an executive order today to just simply reinstate Remain in Mexico, they think that that would stop the flow by 70 percent, 7-0, one stroke of a pen by the president. He does not seem to care. I told President Biden this myself on multiple occasions, most recently a couple of weeks ago on the phone. I read him the law that says that he has all this authority, but he refuses to act. And even, that's even despite court orders, by the way, that instructed the administration to reinstitute Remain in Mexico while the litigation was going on. You know what they did? They ignored it. The administration refused it. I can keep going. September 2022, the Biden administration reversed a 2019 DHS public charge rule. What was that about? 
They began granting entry to aliens who we know will be a burden to taxpayers to receive immigration benefits. This matters because it's one of many instances in which the Biden administration is actively incentivizing illegals to come to the United States. We have sent, laid out the welcome mat. We told everybody around the world, come on, come on. You know what? The U.S. taxpayer will take care of you. You know how much it's costing you at home, the American people, all of our constituents, billions and billions and billions of dollars to do what? To provide for people who are intentionally breaking our laws? Billions and billions of dollars to house them and educate them and clothe them and take care of them. Why should we bear that burden when they break our laws? That's what our constituents are asking, and more people are in this chamber need to be asking it as well. We're asking it on the House Republican side. We need our Democrat colleagues to join us. Instead of threatening illegal aliens with deportation, we're rolling out the welcome mat. We're including aliens who will drain resources. You know what? Here's the other tragedy. The resources, those precious taxpayer dollars, are intended for and paid by American citizens. But when you drain those resources and you spend them on illegals from other countries, you cannot take care of your own. It's a travesty. You can also see this with how DHS has abused the CBP-1 app, right? We've got an app. We've made it even easier now. In January 2023, they expanded the use of the app so aliens could just make appointments and then be released immediately right into America's interior. Sure enough, guess what? 95% of all illegals who simply scheduled appointments through the app were released right into the United States on what they call parole. That's right. All you got to do, just download the app, because they all have smartphones, many of them coming over the border. Download the app, make an appointment, and the President of the United States will release you into a network of NGOs who will put you on a plane to the destination of your choice without any identification, by the way, while Americans are waiting in line to get through TSA. All on the dime of the American taxpayer. Ask yourself, is that right? Is that just? Is that good for America or anybody else involved? It's not. The open border combined with the incentives to come have produced a catastrophic year for our Border Patrol agents. In September 2023, U.S. Border Patrol recorded more than 270,000 illegal alien encounters at the southern border in one single month. That was the largest ever up to that point. But guess what? That record was broken just a couple months later because in December, this past December 2023, CBP recorded more than 302,000 encounters, almost double the population of my hometown, Shreveport, Louisiana, in just one month. 302,000 people just walked right into the country, and we saw it down there with our own two eyes. And most recently, as President Biden has failed to exercise his constitutional obligation to police the border and protect Americans, now he's undermined Texas's ability to protect its citizens, its residents. You know, Texas has a constitutional authority to take care of its people. The first job of the government is to protect its citizens. And when Texas has acted to do that, the Biden administration and the president himself have intervened. They've taken them to court. They're cutting their razor wire. They're taking away the measures that the state of Texas has taken out of desperation to protect its own people. I could go on and on and on about all this and the numbers and the actions, the 64 actions that we've documented that President Biden has specifically taken to open that border wide up. But it's crystal clear his policy choices and Secretary Mayorkas' refusal to comply with the law are driving this border catastrophe. The Biden administration has replaced detain and deport with catch and release. Instead of order, they have chosen for us disorder and chaos. Rather than securing the homeland, they've ceded the homeland 
to cartels and traffickers. By the way, at the, at the Del Rio sector alone, at Eagle Pass, Texas, they told us the cartels are, are, they are estimated, uh, I think they said they're making $3.5 million a day trafficking human beings into the country. Do the math. They're making over a billion dollars a year bringing undocumented children, trafficked children, victims right into the country and, 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 and bringing them in. They're doing this intentionally. They have chosen disorder and chaos. They have ceded the homeland to the traffickers and the cartels. And the Department of Homeland Security has effectively become a taxi driver to just help traffickers complete the last few miles of their human smuggling operation. And they're making billions of dollars in the process. It's all absolute madness. And it is dismantling the safety of our communities. The House Judiciary Committee, where I served before I became Speaker, recently released a report showing that right now there are more than 617,000 aliens on ICE's non-detained docket, non-detained docket, who also have criminal convictions or pending criminal charges. That's right. You heard it right. That means that more than half a million known criminals, illegal aliens, are in the U.S., in our communities, free to reoffend and victimize American people. The president's actions are also creating a permanent underclass in our society. Here's another sad secondary effect of this, an underclass of non-citizens who receive many of the benefits of citizens, citizenship. He's inviting chaos and disorder within our land that is tearing at the very fabric of our society. The president can put a stop to this. President Biden and Secretary Mayorkas have designed this catastrophe. And now, rather than accept any accountability or responsibility for what they've clearly done, President Biden wants to somehow try to shift the blame to Congress for his administration's catastrophe by design. It's absolutely laughable. No one's falling for this. My counter is this. If President Biden wants us to believe he's serious about protecting our national security, he needs to demonstrate good faith and take immediate action to secure that border. But he won't do it. He needs to immediately stop the mass release of illegals into our country, but he won't do it. If he wants our House Republican Conference to view him as a good faith negotiator, he could start with a stroke of a pen, but he's got to do it quickly. Last week, last week, I received a letter from former top FBI intelligence officials, including the former assistant director of intelligence. Mr. Speaker, I'd like to ask unanimous consent that the text of this letter be we're submitted to, into the congressional uh, record. We're going Without to uh, return to this. I want to, I want you to hear this. We're going to take a short commercial break here. Remember, HomeTitleLock.com, the merger of cyber and artificial intelligence. Joe Allen's warned you about it. Go to HomePedalock.com today to check it out. I want to play this as an entirety. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a minute with Speaker Johnson, and I'll have commentary after it's over. True or false? Using your tax refund to pay off credit card debt is a smart thing. Actually, that's false. DoneWithDebt.com published a brilliant strategy designed to let you keep your hard-earned tax refund and reduce or eliminate credit card debt. Most Americans owe thousands in credit card debt. In fact, Daily Mail's got a story that 56 million Americans carry credit card debt, and that debt will take years to pay off, if you pay it off at all. Done With Debt found that filing bankruptcy is usually not the answer, and taking out loans to pay off credit cards usually increases the debt. When you engage Done With Debt, their legal experts and skilled negotiators take on the credit card companies for you. Their winning strategies are designed with one goal. Solve your debt situation quickly and permanently. First things first, 
Chat with a done-with-debt strategist and explore your solutions. Some debt-fighting strategies are time-sensitive, so you'll need to move quickly. For a free consultation, visit donewithdebt.com. That's donewithdebt.com. Do it today. Take action. I want to warn you of a huge change that could be coming to our money and our bank accounts. First, think back to 9-11, shortly after the government pushed through the Patriot Act. This gave the government power to spy on innocent Americans by monitoring our phone and email and tracking our movement across the Internet. Now, Jim Rickards, editor of the independent financial newsletter Strategic Intelligence and New York Times bestselling author, is warning about a coming event that could elevate this governmental surveillance to a terrifying new level. In fact, some of the guests I've had on The War Room believe that the government will soon expand their powers to track our every move. If we say the wrong things on social media, donate to the wrong causes, buy firearms, or even vote MAGA, the government may be able to shut us out of our bank accounts. I can't say for sure if this will happen, but it's an interesting and dire warning. Fortunately, Jim Rickards, an American patriot and friend of mine, has made it his mission to educate us on what he believes is coming and how to protect yourself from the possibility of programmable money. Watch Jim's warning video now before it's censored like I've been in the past. Go to RickardsWarRoom.com. That's RickardsWarRoom.com now to see the video. Are you tired of progressive corporations and exhausted trying to keep up with all the virtue signaling when you're simply trying to buy products? Progressive corporate America continues to push messaging that further alienates conservative Americans, all while eroding the future of the American dream. It's prominent all over the country. Companies like Starbucks strong-arming their customers to support abortion. Financial services like PayPal canceling customers for their political views. Makeup companies like Maybelline making a mockery of women by supporting transgender models. And beer companies like Bud Light forcing gender ideology on you when all you want is to enjoy a cold beer. Thankfully, we don't have to fund these companies any longer with our hard-earned dollars. With Public Square, we now have a solution. It's simple. Join the movement of millions of patriotic Americans who love truth, our country, and our Constitution at publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public Square is an app and website where you can get connected to tens of thousands of businesses from all different industries that share your value for life, family, and freedom. Whether you're looking to buy coffee, find a new athletic clothing that knows what a woman is, and shop for clean skincare, or simply find a new restaurant in your community that won't lecture you about your political views, publicsq.com is your resource. Public Square also offers discounts to many high-quality businesses on the platform so that you can actually receive incentive for spending money with companies that don't hate you. Public Square is free to join as consumer or a business owner, and you can get started today at publicsq.com. Remember, either as a consumer or a business owner. Download the app now. That's publicsq.com, publicsq.com. America is facing a, quote, new and unfamiliar threat. As my colleagues know, you never want to hear our intelligence leaders speak about an unfamiliar threat. 
But these former FBI officials told us that we are suffering, quote, a soft invasion along our southern border. They're, they're stating what, it, what is obvious to all of us. They noted that we are experiencing a surge, listen to this, of military-aged single men who are pouring into our country over the southern border. From, from adversarial nations, by the way, and, and from terrorist regimes. When we were at Eagle Pass at the Del Rio sector in January, earlier January 3rd, with 64 House Republicans, they told us that between 60 to 70 percent of the people coming across the border right there at that epicenter are single adult males. They're military aged. These are not huddled masses of families seeking refuge and asylum. These are people coming into our country to do only God knows what. And we are allowing it. The Biden administration is allowing it. And, and, and we've noted that um, they're coming from adversarial nations, from terrorist regions. We have no idea what, what they're planning. But in fiscal year 2023, Border Patrol encountered illegals from 170 different countries, including hundreds from Iran, Syria, thousands from Russia, tens of thousands who have come in from China. Tell me that's not dangerous. In this letter, law enforcement and intelligence leaders are warning us that we may very well suffer a preventable terrorist attack here on the homeland if we don't immediately secure that border and remove these dangerous terrorists from inside our borders. House Republicans, of course, have acted. Last year, we passed the Secure the Border Act. This legislation would address the catastrophe. It would fix the asylum and parole processes that are so broken. It would support our Border, border Patrol agents. The Senate could take that bill up today. Chuck Schumer and the, and the Democrats in the Senate have been sitting on it in their majority for nine months. They could do it right now. They could. And while there may be some who think that it's not a good time to act, I disagree. Good policy. Vote on that and, and send it to the president's desk. But they won't. Why? Because they're apparently okay with all this as well. And while there may be some who think that it's not a good time to act, I disagree. Good policy, like a strong border and securing our nation and defending our sovereignty, is always good politics. It's the right thing to do. It's the moral thing to do. It's the constitutional thing to do. It's the common sense thing to do. And I cannot for the life of me understand why the president won't agree with that. I've asked him myself repeatedly, Mr. President, do something about it. And he hem haws and pretends that he doesn't understand what his authority is. He knows what it is. To be sure, we're not going to agree to a fix that doesn't actually solve the problem. We would be derelict in our duty if we did that because we know what the problems are. We know how to fix them. And, and just like the border official told us on that trip to the Rio Grande, House Republicans are not here to supply more buckets. We are here to stop the flow. And stopping the flow is not rocket science. It takes political courage. It, it takes transformational policy changes, and we know what policy changes will accomplish that. This is not conjecture. It's not Republican talking points. This is what the experts at the border, at the epicenter, tell us is necessary and needed. And it is insane that we will not supply it. We're also taking action this very week. Right now, we're doing this every day. I'd like to thank Representative Siskamani and McClintock and Moore for their hard work on very important bills uh, that, that the House is considering, even this week. These bills will hold foreign persons like criminal aliens accountable for their crimes and keep them out of our communities. One of, one of those bills is the Agent Raul Gonzalez Officer Safety Act, of course, named for Border Patrol Agent Raul Gonzalez, who died in the line of duty while pursuing a group of illegal aliens. It would provide stiffer penalties for aliens who attempted to evade arrest by the Border Patrol. 
We'll also consider a bill to ensure that aliens who are convicted of drunk driving are both deportable and inadmissible. Believe it or not, they're not currently. The, the third bill would provide stiffer penalties for illegal aliens who engage in Social Security identity theft. The fourth bill would ensure that aliens who have ties to Hamas and the Palestinian Liberation Organization will not be granted entry into the United States. These bills are obviously common sense measures to protect the American people. They should gain support of Republicans and Democrats, but my guess is not many Democrats will support it. And the Republicans in the House will continue to press for secure borders to ensure America's immigration system serves the national interest and does not benefit aliens who are a danger to our own people. Now, last Friday, President Biden came out in support of the Senate's deal, which we haven't seen yet. There's no text yet, but from what we've heard, this so-called deal does include the does not include, sorry, does not include, from what we've heard, these transformational policy changes that are needed to actually stop the border catastrophe. Among the reported details of the bill, again, I'm working off reports because I haven't seen the text, but apparently, reportedly, a new authority would be created in the law so the president can, quote, shut down the border once daily crossings exceed 5,000 a day. You, okay, right, you heard that right. Okay, so it is illegal to cross our border but apparently we're concocting some sort of deal to allow the president to shut down the border after 5,000 people break the law. Why is it 5,000? If you add that up, that'd be a million more illegals into our country every year before we take remedial measures. It's madness. We should, we should be asking what kind of enforcement authority kicks in at 5,000 illegal crossings a day. The number should be zero, zero. And I don't care what congressional district you go into in America, Pull up people at random on the street and ask them, hey, should we allow 5,000 people to break our law each day to get a million into the country, or should we stop it at zero and enforce our law? It's, it's, it's mad. I don't know another word to describe this. It's madness. Anything higher is simply surrender. Anything higher than zero is surrendering our border, surrendering our sovereignty and our security. And it's important to point out, and I want to make this very clear, President's statement on Friday, he falsely claimed, it was a false claim, that he needs Congress to pass a new law to allow him to close the southern border. He knows that's not true. The president has been around Washington a long time, okay? And the president repeated his claim yesterday on the White House lawn. He said, quote, I've done all I can do. Just give me the power I've asked for. Moments after his comments, the president's own spokeswoman contradicted him and said, quote, there are things that are within his power to secure the border. Well, hello, of course there are. The law is very clear. Anybody can Google this. Any American citizen could just pull this up and read it for themselves. Let's set the record straight. What he said is demonstrably false. I've explained to him specifically. I read the President of the United States the law, the black letter law, on the phone about two and a half weeks ago. I said, Mr. President, it says very clearly those tools right now, and he has since day one. The Immigration and Nationality Act, for example, coupled with, coupled with recent Supreme Court precedent, give the president, quote, ample authority to suspend the entry of all aliens or any class of aliens or impose any restrictions he may deem appropriate. That's the broadest authority that Congress probably has ever given a president, and it's been there for a long, long time. In fact, the very provision that I just read you was used by the Obama administration more than 19 times. It's been used, I think, 69 times by presidents since 1980, but not by President Biden. He, he pretends it's not there. 
Any attempt by this president to pretend that he's a bystander bereft of any ability to secure the border is patently absurd, and we're going to continue to remind the American people of that. If we take a step back and we consider the current catastrophe at the border, we can all see that our country is at a critical decision point. We are at a moment where we have to decide right now, as a Congress, as a people, we have to decide as the American people if we have borders or not. We have to decide if we believe in the rule of law or not. We have to decide if we're a sovereign nation or we're not. House Republicans do believe that America has borders and that we are a sovereign nation. We believe we must set limits on the number of immigrants who enter, obviously, and the American people have a say on immigration policy. Understanding who enters and enforcing our immigration laws are critical components to maintain a sovereign country. If you do not have sovereignty, you do not have a country. I also believe that border security is part of our solemn obligation to safeguard the well-being of our citizens and uphold the principles that define who we are as a nation. In no sense is border security somehow an act of hostility to neighboring countries. It's exactly the opposite. Because a weak border weakens America, and a strong border is good for America, and a stronger America is good for everybody around the world, and everybody in this chamber should acknowledge that. And just as we lock our doors at night to protect our homes, we secure our borders to protect our homeland. And my friends, that is our sacred obligation. We in the House Republican Conference desperately want to protect our homeland because we want to ensure that all of our children and grandchildren can continue to enjoy the blessings of liberty that we have enjoyed and that we have loved and experienced. And, and we can continue this grand experiment in self-governance that we began in 1776. But here's the question. I'll leave you with this. Does President Biden want that? Does President Biden believe in the rule of law? Does President Biden believe that we're a sovereign nation? Does he believe that Americans and not those from other countries should be put first? Every American citizen should be asking these questions of the president and helping us demand his answers. We won't stop. We're going to continue. And with that, I yield back. Okay. Um... We, we did that live stream today, but I wanted to make sure the evening audience that, that uh, around after, after the 5 o'clock show, because here in the 6 o'clock, we're able to get into things in a little more depth. That's why I love the 6 o'clock hour. I love the clock. I want to thank uh, Mike Lindell and, of course, John Fredericks for allowing us to do that. So if you're part of the War Room Posse, if, if you've been watching the show for the last couple of years, when we've been doing this, or followed me at uh, at Breitbart for years. We were the first institution at Breitbart. We set up a Breitbart, Texas. We sent a team down there. And here's the reason. I went to the southern border. In um, I'd made some films down there. I made a couple of films about the southern border. I think in 08, 7, 8, or 9. And then I really I went down there again and got a Texas DPS briefing from their intelligence agency. A, a consultant had gotten me a, a classified at the time. It was classified state of Texas about how we didn't control the Rio Grande Valley. The cartels controlled it, not the state of Texas and not the and not the U.S. government. And I was shocked, but I went down, spent a lot. I got Brandon Darby. We launched Breitbart Texas. We got so many great people down there to put together a team to follow this. And so we've been very involved there. I don't know, fourteen or fifteen years. 
and we could tell you at the time this was happening. This was this was uh, and the business community, the Democrats wanted the votes. The business community wanted the bigger consumer markets, people buying stuff and cheaper labor. And that was all working against the sovereignty of the American people. Everything in his speech, there was no insights. There was, now, maybe they're saying, well, Steve, a general audience hasn't heard this. He's speakers trying to lay it all out because of the Mallorcas, and he's trying to lay a predicate for this vote. But you had to bring the heat, and you had to have some reveals and be able to tie it together. So, oh, Steve, you're just being overcritical. Well, you know what? Maybe we are because this is a crisis and it's a sense of urgency. But here's the one takeaway. <clears throat> Why are you whining about Biden? <clears throat> Why are you whining about Biden? They have a plan and they're executing the plan. You have the means to stop it. The means to stop it is the, 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 the founding generation and the people that <clears throat> founded this country around the Constitution predicating the House of Representatives like Commons gave you 100% control of the money. This, you, you, four weeks ago, three weeks ago, we could have shut down. You could have forced Biden to the table. And in that forcing to, to the table, when they called you, when the government shut down because of no money, in that thing, you could have read him what his duties are and told him that unless you perform your duties, you're not getting any more money. This is just more weakness. Yes, maybe the nightly news now picks it up and all that, but you need to be tough and you need to be hard. This is very frustrating listening to this. One, for the war and policy, there's no new information. But I wanted you to hear it and, and play for the 6 o'clock so we do it in the show, not just on the live stream, because I thought it was that important. But the whole end of the speech, when you said, I, I called him up on the phone. Don't call him up on the phone. Get invited to the White House as a co-equal branch of government where you have the responsibility Pass down you from time immemorial from our founders that you have the money because you're closest to the people. You had the ability to do it and you didn't do it. So I don't want to hear who could do this. Yes, we know that. We know that. We know that. And they've done it on purpose. This is not some sort of big civics. Not that Biden didn't understand it when you read to him. Hey, I didn't know that. Let me get my number two pencil out and write that down. Do I really have the authority? Do I have the authority? They know that. This is a test of political wills. And in that test, you have to be hard. You had every tool at your disposal to use to the maximum degree possible every single ounce of leverage to defend your country. And you didn't do it. You, Speaker Johnson, didn't do it. I know what Biden's doing. I know what Mallorca's is doing. I know what the Catholic Charities are doing. We know all this. Nothing in there you told us is new information. And in today's world, I, haven't, I shouldn't have to sit there for 30 minutes and listen to something that's no new information. Particularly when you have the power. You have the power. Just like you have the power not to play by the rules, not to suspend the rules, so you need Democratic votes for more madness for the donors. I've got Ben Harnwell. I want to have Ben. Ben, I got about a couple of minutes here. By the way, make sure you go to uh, birchgold.com because this thing's only going to get crazier. The inflation's only going to get worse. The purchasing power is only going to drop because this is not what you're seeing right here is not is not what's going to force. You need a forcing function, a forcing function. That's how you make things go forward. 
That's what Donald Trump is. Donald Trump's a forcing function on the entire system. Dig it, get it, write it down. But the other fast, uh, just give me a couple of minutes on exactly what's going, because the other side of the coin is Ukraine. They got to shovel $60 billion of your money because they got to keep the con going there. What's the latest on the coup? Good evening, Steve. Well, look, the, um, firstly, just go back to D.C. right now. That was that speech, that long interminable speech. That speech is the speech someone gives when they're in opposition, right? When they have no power, but they want to sort of be seen saying the right words and coming out with the right platitudes. That was a speech from someone who's in opposition, not from someone who's speaker and who has, as you say, the power to actually do something. Um, it's a deflection from the, the speech is a deflection from the fact that he's not doing his job. Um, OK, to, to Ukraine. We covered this very briefly on the morning show. I'm able now just to, to dig in slightly uh, for the posse to explain um, what, ha what is going on in Kiev. Right? It's turmoil. So basically, um, just a very, very quick recap. On Monday, there was a, a showdown between Zelensky and Zeluzny, the, the commander-in-chief. Zelensky invited his most senior general to resign. Zeluzny said no. He said, OK, then I'm firing you. I'll sign the decree. Zeluzny went back to his office. Um, his team had done a huge work in priming social media. They spoke to the Americans. They spoke to the British. They also spoke to the military top Brass. So within hours, whilst Zelensky was speaking to his two uh, candidates that he wanted to replace him, both of whom, by the way, Steve, turned him down and said, no, we don't want it. This is the commander of the, uh, the Ukrainian land forces and uh, Budinov, General Budinov, Lieutenant General Budinov, the, the, the head of the, the Ukrainian intelligence, both said no. Um, in that period, uh, finds himself with no alternatives. The country massively, very quick time, turned against this. And Zelensky has now backed down. I, I asked the rhetorical question in the morning show, Steve. What this, you know, my, my, the thing that really hit me on all of this is that the Americans and the British, right, we're the guys financing this war, right? Our political and military leadership, right, they put pressure on Zelensky to back down. They find out about this because they're reading the newspapers and watching the social media. Zelensky did not show them the respect to phone them up and tell them, I'm going to substitute my most senior military uh, commander in this war. And interestingly, Steve, I'll just close with this. because I know you, you have some questions, but um, Zelensky, by way of explanation to Zelensky, said, oh, yeah, you know why I'm getting rid of you? Um, he didn't cite. He didn't cite the the, the failed counteroffensive, and he didn't cite the the, the 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 hot potato, which is the 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 drafting of the five hundred thousand Ukrainians, which neither the political nor the civil sphere in Ukraine wants to take responsibility for. He said, you know, um, this work uh, we're getting Ukraine fatigue on the ground here in Ukraine. People are losing interest in the war. Um, and my Western allies are starting to back out. I think if I substitute my my top commander, that might give me sort of a, a bit more um, enthusiasm on those two scores. Yeah. So that's the basically the, the degree of the conversation over in Ukraine. I Steve. tell you what, we're 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 going to get to. I know it's late. We're going to get to it tomorrow. Let's get back because they talk about a new spring offensive. There's all in this fight 
right. over the 60 billion is only getting nastier in the Senate. Uh, ben Harner, real quickly, where's your social media? Where do people go? It's it's simply Getter, Steve, and my surname, Harnwell, at Harnwell on Getter. Thank you, brother. Okay, Lou Dobbs Thank follows you. us here on Lindale TV and the John Furrier Radio Network. We're back here tomorrow live at 10, which show's packed tomorrow, and we got so much to go through, so you don't want to miss it. Make sure you go to uh, Home Title Lock. Don't let the merger of cyber and artificial intelligence uh, have any, allow them to mess with the bad guys to mess with your title in your home. Remember, only 90% of your net worth is tied in, in it. If you're lucky enough to have a home, hometitlelock.com. Also, my Patriot Supply, as you can tell, I think we're going to go through some pretty choppy water. We've been fairly good at predicting this. My Patriot Supply, mypatriotsupply.com. Go to the number one company in the industry and find out more about it. Birchgold.com slash Bannon. End of the dollar empire, because that empire is ending even as we speak. Tomorrow morning at 10, we'll be back in the war room. The apples in your holiday pie taste amazing, but it's not exactly the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables. The Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and your cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day, which, as you know, is almost impossible. That's why you need to check out Field of Greens. Every fruit and vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs like your heart, your lungs, your kidneys, and your immune system. Yo, folks, the holidays are here, and you need to stay healthy. Plus, you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier. Field of Greens is the simplest way to get those daily fruits and veggies, and it tastes amazing. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com. Use promo code Bannon. That's promo code Bannon at fieldofgreens.com fieldofgreens.com make sure you take take it today use your agency action 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 fieldofgreens.com promo code bannon 60 if you want to take care of your heart and those you care about please go to warroomhealth.com that's warroomhealth.com all one word warroomhealth.com use the code warroom at checkout to save 67 percent of your first shipment that's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. War Room Health, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out.